Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Good morning, Gap Church. Good morning, Gap Church. And welcome to church. My name is Lola Day, and this is the Gap where we're feeling. Yes, this is the Gap Church where we're feeling the gap to the freedom. And uh, all right, perfect. Um, welcome to year four. Yeah, we, we started on Monday, I think. Yeah, but officially. Um, so thank God for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And for those who did it, congratulations. Um, and for those who didn't, congratulations. It is mercy. There's still 21 days left in the year, so you can still do it. If you really count it. Um, but anyways, this morning I have been given a privilege to share a word. Um, we're not starting a new series yet, um, but soon. Um, but I'm privileged to give a word. And so this morning, something chilled. You know, we've been grinding, and there's just some things that I believe that we need to talk about, even as we're stepping into our promised land. Amen. Do we believe that we're stepping into our promised lands? Do we believe we're already on our promised lands? So we've prayed, we've pressed, we've fasted, we've pushed. I'm just going to get my time um, changed. We've prayed, we've fasted, we've pushed. Um, my God has been good. And I say categorically, the last week Sunday, we had our father come here and just, maybe I should come down because I'm feeling that way. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we have our father came here and talked about the other side of Jordan. Um Hope you guys enjoy that. I learned a lot from that. And so I will be stealing some of his notes today um, because I can't. Um, and we're just going to pick it back from things that he spoke about. And so this morning, my topic is identifying my real birth. Identifying my real birth. Um, real birth, real birth, um, whichever pronunciation works for you. Identifying my real birth. Um, and, and today, the reason why I'm, I want to be talking about this is because I believe a lot of us, after we have prayed and we have pressed, we know um, and we've seen a lot of us in faith, the lands that we want to possess. A lot of us are already on the land. But the thing is that there's a lot of us who don't even know or know how to identify the promise. Uh, we we use our physical eyes to see this is what I think or this is what I should get or this is what the promise looks like. I remember Pastor talked about it that you know if you're not following the instructions from God, if you're not categorically hearing God says this is your promised land, there's a there's a, a there's a tendency for you to go onto the wrong land because now everything is for your taking. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And so some of us believe that everything is ours so we can take it all. You know, but there are specific promises that are attached. There are deep specific promise, promised land that the Lord has given to each and every one of us. And so this morning, I want to talk about how to identify that you're on your promised land. How do I know that I'm actually on that possessed land? I have prayed, I have pressed, but I don't know. So what does it look like to be on the promised land? And so we're going to be using a story this morning, Genesis 26. It's a long one from verse 1 to 22 because my entire sermon is going to be from the story this morning. So I want, us to, I want you to follow me categorically. So Genesis 26 from verse 1. I'm to be sure that I'm looking at verse 1. Is that verse 1? 
Genesis 26 from verse 1 to 22. And I want everyone to also be looking at their Bibles as well. All right, verse 1. And the Bible says that there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. I want us to be, I want us to pay attention because this is a story. Yeah, I, I'm sure you heard 1 to 22 and so there's a tendency to zone out. So please don't zone out. Please follow the story. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gar. Verse 2. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. The first thing he said here was that there was a famine on the land. And like the time of Abraham, when there was a famine, Abraham carried his bag and moved. And so the same thing was happening in the time of Isaac. And the first thing Isaac thought to himself was, My father moved away so I can move away. And so what I would do is I would go away to a place where there is no famine. But the Lord said, instructed him, categorically in verse 2, and he says, go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land that I shall, I shall tell thee. Verse 3, he says, sojourn into the, in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed. And I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I have sworn unto Abraham thy father. Verse 4, and he says, And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Verse 5, Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, and my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6, And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. The first thing Isaac did here was that he obeyed an instruction. At that moment, the, the promised land was a land of famine. His promised land was a land in famine, was a land with no food, was a land with no water. And the instruction was dwell on that land. Verse 7, and the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, she is my sister, one of the Beautiful things about when you're in the place that God has instructed you to is that people will start to say that you look more beautiful than you really are. Isaac's wife was so beautiful that he had to say it's my sister so they don't kill him. You know, and he said he feared to say it was his wife. So um, Lysis said he that the men of the place should kill me of Rebecca because she was fair to look upon. They never talked about the beauty of Rebecca until after Isaac obeyed an instruction. And all of a sudden, his wife was fair to look upon. Verse 8, and it came to pass when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of Philistine, looked out of the window and saw Isaac romancing his wife. Amen. Verse 9, and Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold of a surety, she is thy wife. And thou said that she is my sister. And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. And verse 10, and said, Abimelech said, what is this that thou had done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lain with thy wife, and thou should have brought guiltiness upon us. And then the Bible says, Abimelech told everyone, touch not his wife. Verse 12, and Isaac saw in the same land that famine inside of it. 
And then he received in the same year an hundredfold. For the Lord blessed him on the land that had famine in it, on the land that there was nothing, on the land that couldn't bring forth. Do you know what famine is? Famine means you're planting, but there's no rain, so the crop cannot grow. But the Bible says that the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, and it says, And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and the great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. We're going to stop there 14 and I'm going to go on, but we're going to finish this. Because like I said, my entire sermon is on this story. And so now we see the story of Isaac. Like I've been explaining as we're reading, the first thing that, that was very particular was Isaac was going to do what his father did. The moment there was famine, he said, the first part of it said that there was famine in the day of Isaac as there was famine in the day of Abraham. And what Abraham did was Abraham moved. You can put up verse 1 so they see it. But what Abraham did was Abraham moved. And so Isaac was going to do the exact same thing. But the Lord said, he said, he gave him an instruction. He said, stay where you are. And the Bible recorded that the Lord blessed him. If you go to verse 16 real quick, it's the Lord blessed him so much that Abimelech called him and said, go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. When someone, when you're blessed to a point that the English is no longer right, said you are mightier than we. I'm just like, that's not English, sir, but okay. So much so in the land that was famine, because why? That was his promised land. It did not look like a promised land, but that was his promised land. And I'm going to tell us a quick story. Um, about someone who did not pay attention to instruction. We all know the story of Naomi and Ruth. Who knew the story of Naomi before um, Ruth came into the picture? Anyone ever read that story? So the Bible recorded, um, it's um, Ruth 1, if you want to put it up, but it's fine. The Bible recorded that Naomi and her husband, they were in a land before, and then there was famine. They did not ask of God, they did not pray. But we recorded they carried their bags and they moved to another land where they said, Oh, there's milk on that land, there's honey, it looks like the promised land. And the Bible recorded that God they started receiving blessing because they had two sons. And then the sons were so beautiful and so handsome, they grew and then they had wives. And so everything was good. 20, 30 years into it, and then her husband dies. And then a few years after her sons die. And then the next day, one of the wives left. And the Bible recorded that the same land that Naomi had left, the Lord started blessing that land. And Naomi had to go back. But by the time Naomi was going back, Naomi was going back at a loss. She was going back now without her husband and without sons. And even for the kind of person Ruth was, she probably wouldn't have been going back with anybody else but just herself. And that's the story of someone who did not pay attention to instruction because she thought a promised land is, is, can be seen with physical eyes. It's the signs of the physical things. Is what I know that I am on my promised land. Where there's bread is where my promised land is. And so what are the signs that shows you that you're on your promised land? Number one, um, the promised land is, like I said earlier, um, identifying your Rehoboth. Anyone ever heard the word Rehoboth before? 
If you continue to reading the story from Genesis 26, the Bible talked about when they had chased out Isaac from the land because he was richer than we, like they said. He started to dig wells that his father had, you know, different wells that belonged to his father, and he would dig and they would fight over it, and he would dig and they would fight over it. And he, would, he kept moving until he got to a point whereby he dug a well, and they stopped fighting, like they left it for him. And he said, this is my real, but for the Lord has given us room. For the Lord has given me here to dwell. For the Lord has given me room. And so, how do you identify your real birth? How do you identify the place that the Lord has given to you? Number one, the real birth is a place of provision. The place of provision. Psalm 23, we're going to be, I'm going to use it the entire Psalm 23 to explain the different signs that you are on your real birth. Psalm 23 verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And verse 2, it says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He lead me beside the still waters. Green pastures is not the land that is green, it's the land that the Lord leads you to. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Who is a shepherd? A shepherd is someone that leads a sheep. And so if you're a goat, there's no way you can be led to the green pasture. Bible says that the sheep hears my voice and knows me and obeys me. And so a robot is a place of provision. When you are on your robot, there is supernatural provision for you. That is how you know you are on the land that God has, show, God has instructed you to be. Isaac was on the land of famine, but there was supernatural provision for him. Esther was, amongst, was married to a man that just sentenced his wife and they're about to offer her to that same man. There's an adage that says that the same king they used to flog the elder, the older wife, the same king is there waiting for the younger wife. And so you would think this man can do this to the elder, the, the, his other wife. So what's different? Why am I different? But because she was in a real birth, it's a place of provision. God will always provide. Number two, you do not lose your soul in the process. That is how you know you're in your real birth. You do not lose your soul in the process. Psalm 23 verse 3. Psalm 20, it said, He restored my soul. He leads me in the path of right standing for his name's sake. If you have to cut corners, it is not your real birth. If you have to cheat, it's not on your real birth. If you have to tweak your resume, it's not your job. If you have to lie, it's not your real birth. Another person's husband is not your real birth. Another person's boyfriend is not your real birth either. You would be in right standing with God when you are in your real birth. You will be in the right. The Bible said Daniel was, he was a man of excellent spirit. He said he had proposed in his heart that I would not eat the meat from the, from the king's palace. I would not bow. The three Hebrew brothers, he said that. He said I would not bow to the God of this, of this man. When you're in your real birth, you are all, when you start to think of how to bend to achieve it, then it's not where God is sending you to. 
you remain standing. He said, it restores my soul. It leads me in the path of right standing for his namesake. The third one, you are protected. When you are in your real birth, you are protected. Psalm 23 verse 4. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff comforts me. The best example I would give for this is the three Hebrew brothers. Sometimes your real birth might be in the in a in a well of fire. Like the way Isaac's real birth was a famine land. And so your real birth might not always look like what your physical eyes is showing you. The Bible says that this the king gave this guy's option. He said that I will give you one last option. You know what? Why don't you? Bow, and then we don't have to throw you into this fire. And they said, see, where we are at, even if our God does not save us, I'm not going to bow. Remember I said, your real boat is a place where you remain right standing with God. And the man was like, oh, is that so? And he said, the Bible said that they went to go and add more fire to make that. Even the guys that were making it, were adding the fire themselves were getting burnt. And then they were going to throw them into the fire. You know, what they did not understand is that the God that they serve wears fire as a cloth. And so when they put them inside fire, and then they invited, and then the God that they serve, which is the fourth man in the fire, came into his own cloth and said, that, ah, you are putting my children inside of me. They can't be burned. And so they were making their clothes even more beautiful. That by the time they came out of the fire, the Bible said that they did not smell like smoke. Their clothes were still very much intact because they just actually went to sit with God. When you're in your real birth, you are supernaturally protected. Bible talked about Daniel. He said that he had proposed in his heart that I would not change my mind. We've been praying and we've been fasting, and the Lord is putting us in promised lands and giving us land to possess. You have to propose in your heart. You have to tell yourself that no matter what it is, I remain right standing with God. Because the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. And it's only sheep that know shepherds. And it's only shepherds that lead sheep. And it's only, you see the beginning of Psalm 23. Because now we, I say all of these things and we're excited that, oh, I'm inside the fire with Jesus. But the beginning said that the Lord is what? My shepherd. The moment where it goes, every other thing does not work for you. And so when you are in your promised land, you are protected. Daniel was put into the lion's den, and this guy was having was playing with the lion. It became his pet. They were doing inside the den. You're protected. You're protected. Verse 4. God will use you as a supernatural advertisement. God would use you as a supernatural advertisement. Psalm 23 verse 5. 
Thou preparest a table before me. Where? 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 Because I don't think you guys are reading that properly. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love the message. The message says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You see, sometimes our enemies don't have to die. Because if they die, who will clear the plates? Because when you're done eating, someone's going to wash the plate. It says, prepare at a table. What God is going to do when you're in your promised land the Philistines themselves, the Bible says that they envied Isaac. The king himself had to tell him that I need you to get away from here. God could have moved Isaac from that land into another land and then decided to bless him on that land. But he kept him in the midst of his enemies and chose to bless him in the midst of his enemies. So much so that they recognized that ah, his wife is fine, he has money. Like what exactly is this guy's problem? That's why they kept attacking every world that he had built until the Lord gave him room. Excuse me. The Lord will make you a supernatural advertisement. He would use you to show off his glory when you are in, his pro- when you are in your promised land. When you are where he has instructed you to go. And then the last part, I love the last part. Number five. What is number one? Before we go to the last part, what is number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? And the last one, incomprehensible favor. I had to go search for that word. Because I tell you, the amount of testimonies I've been hearing from conference to now, all I just hear is favor. Um, some the things that people are getting, it's, it's favor. It cannot, it's favor. Psalm 23, verse 6. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know, when something follows you, you don't have control over it. When you follow something, you can turn back. But when something follows you, you don't have a choice. So when the Bible did not say that you will follow goodness and mercy, it says, goodness and mercy, what? We'll be following you up and down. Everywhere you go, it's looking for you. It's like, ah, where's my, my madam? Where's my okay? It's looking for, cannot following you. When you're in your promised land, the favor that will be opened for you, even you yourself, you cannot comprehend it. The Lord will raise people. I believe that a real birth is not a location, it's a person. Because no matter where you are, the Lord will begin to raise people. That you don't have, they don't have to know where you're from. They don't, have, they don't care how you look. They are so uncomfortable until they favor you. They are so uncomfortable until they bless you. Bible says that the Lord said that, um, Isaac said that this is my real but for the Lord has given me room. So when the Lord starts to favor you, do you know what happens when he's not saying he's giving me a space? He said he has given me room so I can roll around, I can do whatever I want in this room because he has given me the entire room to myself. And then the next part says that I would dwell. What happens when the Lord gives you room? 
You are able to dwell inside of it. The robot, it means that the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. It says you will dwell. You will dwell in the house of the Lord. Everywhere that you go, the moment you enter, it becomes the house of the Lord because you carry the presence of God. So you don't have to sit there in the church or in this building for you to be in the house of the Lord. Your promised land becomes the house of the Lord. And so he said he has given you room. So he said, surely, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you shall dwell. A place where there is no availability. Because it's your promised land. Availability, does, you, it will be available for you. That is how you know you are in your, on your promised land. Like I said before, it can be a land of famine. Forget what the physical eyes tell you. The Bible says, I think it's in Proverbs 20 verse 12. When it talked about seeing eyes and hearing ears. Where you get to see things past the physical. Where you start to hear instruction. Past what that you see. He said, the hearing ears and the seeing eyes, the Lord had made me even both of them. And so every, the robot every time does not always look like what you think it should look like. But by instructions. The Lord instructed Isaac. He said, stay where you are. I'm about to show you five different things. I'm about to show you provision. I'm about to show you protection. I'm about to favor you. He said, he said, I said I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to give you... A place of promise. I'm about, you're not going to lose your soul in the process. And I'm about to show you off like never before. But the most important of everything goes back to Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. That was the first part of everything. From those that dwelt in all of their promises, promised land. We read the story of Joshua. From Joshua chapter 1. The Lord started to talk to Joshua about the things, same things that he had told Moses. He says, be strong and be courageous. I've given you this land. And he was pouring out instructions. Because at that moment, Joshua was a sheep. And the Lord was his shepherd. Daniel was a sheep. And the Lord was his shepherd. Moses was a sheep. Sometimes he was a goat. But sometimes he was also a sheep. The three Hebrew brothers were, sh were sheep. I hope it's sheep. 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 Thank you. Sheep. <laughs> That's the most important part of this. That I have said today. You can't see all of these things if you're not a sheep. You can't even hear if you're not a sheep. You can't see if you're not a sheep. We have prayed and a lot of us are just sitting and waiting and saying, God, I already know I'm possessing the land, but how do I know I'm on the land? And no, you're not hearing anything it's because you're not a sheep. Anybody comes to meet you and tell you, oh, I want to hear. How do I hear? I want to be able to hear the voice of God. The first question is to ask them, are you a sheep? Because the Bible says, my sheep hears my voice. 
Now, when the Bible says his rod and his staff, have you ever seen the shepherd before? The shepherd, they lead their sheep. And then when the sheep starts to sway, they use the rod to bring them back so that they t- to make sure that everybody is together. It says it comforts me. And so we don't, you don't under, you think, how, do, how, do, how is the rod supposed to comfort? It does a little bit of you know, redirection. But you have to be a sheep. For you to be on the promised land and not lose your soul in the process, you have to be a sheep. Because I tell you, when you, when, we get out, when you get out into the world, a lot of us are getting new jobs. A lot of us are, are getting scholarships. A lot of us are getting access to the lands that we have asked God for. And God is saying, like um, Frida prayed this morning, I do not want you to bow to any other God. I don't want you to lose yourself in the process. I want you to remain in right standing with me. All of these things are possible when you are a sheep. Because the constant instruction, the constant relationship, the constant talking with God will keep you in right standing with him. And so when you're having to face a decision that will contradict the will of God, you have comfort. And so when you're given options that you know that does not align with the things that God has told you to, you have instructions. He doesn't follow you into a place he did not lead you to. He doesn't comfort you in a land that he did not send you to. Be strong and be courageous. Even as we prepare to, for some of us already in our promised land, let us not forget all of this. We ask ourselves, God, am I already on the land that you have given me? Given to me. Check all the signs. If they are all there, then you're on the land. But if they are not there, then you're not on the land. I want us to bow down our heads this morning. The Bible says that the, the Lord is my shepherd. So I want us to begin to pray. Father, if there's any way I've, I, I switch from being a sheep to a goat. I don't listen anymore. I can't even hear your voice anymore. Why? Because I have clouded my minds with the things of this world. And I have clouded my minds with worry. And I've clouded my minds with, with different things. Father, please help me to be a sheep again. Lord, you're about to send me forth into the world. And I know that the world is a place full of dens of lions and full of fire. But I want to go with the fourth man in the fire. Father, make me a sheep again. That is the most important part of everything that I have said this morning. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I shall not want for anything. Make me a sheep again. And if you're saying the prayer and asking God to make you a sheep this morning, I want you to raise your hands up. And if you're also online too and you're saying, I want to be a sheep. I want you to raise your hands up. 
our heads bow, our eyes closed. You cannot be in the promised land if you don't have a shepherd. Shepherd leads the sheep. And if you're online as well and you're saying, Lord, I want to be a sheep. Say this prayer after me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name. One more prayer. I want us to pray from Ephesians 1. All still bowing our heads and still praying. 18, 19, and 19. I'm going to read it real quick. The Bible says that I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of my imagination. Flooding me with light until I experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in me, his only ones. He said, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Made available to me through faith. Then my life will be an advertisement of his immense power. As it is, works through me. That is the mighty power. So this morning, I want us to pray, Lord, let your light shine and illuminate through me. On this promised land that you have taken me to, let your light shine through me. Father, I want my life to be an immeasurable, immeasurable greatness. Experience the immeasurable greatness of your power. For different, all of us, we're in different spheres of life. There's some of us in the medical field. There's some of us in tech. There's some of us in school. Let my life experience the immeasurable greatness of your power. Let my life be an advertisement of your immense power, God. Let me be a representation of you wherever I go. On my promised land, I would not bow to bow. Lord, I would not worship other gods. I will not lose my soul. I will forever remain in right standing with you, oh God. I will not walk the way of the world, but I will stand firm. My light will continually shine through my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, King of glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.